This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guest has been with his current company for only four years, and his first year, he doubled his revenue. He's con and consistently grown revenue about 25% per year, and has actually more than doubled his workforce. He's focused on understanding the keys to continuing the success of this company, which has been around since 1911, so over 100 years in business. He's helped the company grow its core services and reach greater profitability, and has worked his way up from director of operations to vice president. He's a former, he's actually a former licensed retirement and loan officer, the vice president of John Caffel Tire. Again, founded in 1911 and it's located in Utah. I want to welcome Nate Ferguson. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No, it's the, thanks for being here. I and mean, we'd love to, I'd love to hear the story um, of this growth. And like I said, you've been in the, 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 with this company for like four years coming out of a kind of a finance position. So, so really the, the first question I'd love to know is like, what's the most challenging aspect of, of scaling John Keffel tile? Yeah. Our biggest challenge right now is, is definitely cash flow. Um, we, we've been around for a while, like you mentioned, and we have a good reputation. We have lots of customers. The demand is there. Utah's booming with construction. So mm -hmm. we don't we don't worry about having enough work. If anything, we have too much. But the biggest beast that we have continuously popping up is cash flow. Mm -hmm. um, the the kind of the culture in COVID kind of made it worse too. Um, with with COVID popping in, it seems like all of these general contractors are trying to hold on to their money as much as possible, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but what that has caused is it's caused a greater increase in the amount of time from when we send an invoice and a bill before we actually collect on, on that. There's been jobs we've done that it's been four to six months after our first invoice was due before we wow. actually received payment. So it's, it's tough. It's a lot to take on. It, it, what's the, I mean, you must have a challenge because you probably have to lay out the, well, obviously the, the money for the actual the product, the materials. Is so is there a long is there a long lead time on that end as well? Yeah, I mean lead times too have become exponentially higher um, with COVID too. There's been tiles that for the first two years I was with us, I could call a company anytime, any day, and they would have it in stock and I could go pick it up that at times now are up to a month to two months out before we can get them that tile. So it's a whole balancing act between getting our our materials ordered um, and paying for them, picking them up, getting them onto the job site and collecting money. It's a balancing act and it takes really a lot of work and balancing to be able to make sure it can continue uninterrupted and, and unimpeded. And so how do you actually do that? Is it, are we talking a lot of spreadsheet type work and you're managing, you know, cash flow over the next six, eight, 10, 12 weeks. Is that, is that what you do more yeah, or less? Yeah. Or? I've, I've done a few things. I worked with our owner, John, and we put a few things in place that kind of help reduce the, 
the wait time. And so one of the things that I will do whenever I get, cause I'm over all of our estimating and our job acquisition too. So whenever I submit a proposal um, and I hear back that we've gotten a awarded a contract, I will bill them for all of our materials upfront, basically trying to anticipate, okay, if we start on March 1st, then on March, Sorry, May, if we start May 1st, then on, on March 20th, I'm going to bill for the material cost for these, expecting that it'll take about a month to two months for me to collect that check, but yeah. that I can then take that check, pay for the materials, get the materials to the job. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act, and we've kind of really uh, tried hard to get that in place that we want a check for our materials right when we're starting that job and it doesn't always work that way there's still jobs where i will bill even up to two months before we're supposed to be on site and and some of the general contractors will say well you know what we can't pay you for the materials until they're here on site um once they're here on site then then you can bill us for those materials so there's lots of factors that come into play yeah you talk about general contractors so are you are they primarily the customers it's not uh like the homeowners or business owners it's more you work with a gc and is that that's really the issue mostly yeah. yeah we we do some residential work and we do have a few jobs in fact we tend to have a lot more commercial work but with the residential work we can we can have them bill us um, or pay us up front for the materials and sure. that, that actually makes it a lot easier um, but most of our work ends up being commercial you know large office buildings uh, churches, schools. We did an RC Willie store here, um, just a, a few miles away from where I'm at. So that, and those are all general contractors we work with when it's a commercial job. Okay. So do you, I assume of being a, a, a former finance and loan officer, you, I assume you have some um, financing available for times when you may need to dip into, yeah. you know, cash. That's, that's been a big push I've made having that background is getting access to an emergency line of credit, an emergency source in case our cash flow gets impeded. And for for a relative, I mean, we're relatively small if you compare us to someone like Apple or Microsoft, you know, but but for a smaller, medium-sized business, it's not that easy to get access to operating income, like a line, an operating line of credit. It takes some work and there's a lot of requirements to get access to that unless you want to pay 30% interest, which. Yeah. 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 What is, I mean, that, like I mentioned earlier, your company's been around since 1911. So how has the, um, how has the transition been from both the company's point of view? Cause they probably didn't have somebody like you before. Um, I, and, and maybe this is a big assumption, but. You had technicians, people who do the tile work running the company and, it, you know, their, their um, expertise is not financial. It's not growth. It's just, I'm just going to do taking the work and do it. Yeah. So there must've been some transition from their point of view. And then how is it from your point of view? You came out of kind of a finance role without a lot of expertise to come into kind of a trade, a business that provides a trade like this. Mm-hmm. Can they talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's it's an interesting balance. You know, our owner, our owner worked for 
Capital Tile, his grandpa's company from when he was a young, a young kid. Um, he started as a truck driver. He eventually became a setter. So he has a, a very large and encompassing background in tile, doing tile work. And he knows tile work better than anyone I've ever met. He knows what he's doing. He knows all of the trade secrets and, and how to get real quality work done. Um, he, he knows a lot and he's good with his business. Thankfully, like with my background being in finance, yeah, I knew nothing about setting tile when I came and started this company. Zero experience with tile, but I do know business and finance pretty well. And so what it created is just an interesting blend where he has a lot of his best practices and his knowledge that he's used to using to run the company. And I come in with this very different perspective where I can help him say, hey, you know, you've done this and this and this in this way since before I came along, but here, let me show you some other ways you can do X, Y, and Z that save you time and are more efficient and help your company overall. So that's kind of, it's been an interesting blend, I guess you could say, but he's, he has done a great job just trusting me and letting me show him that I know what I'm talking about. Um, he's, he's let me have some pretty loose reins to kind of take things where I feel like we should. And it's been successful for him and for me being able to kind of just work with this dynamic where we can trust and lean on each other. I've, I've learned a ton more um, about tile and estimating and things like that, that I didn't know before. He's learned some in and improved some of his best practices based on some advice and things that I've mentioned. So thankfully, I mean, if I was to do this with someone else, I, I don't know how, how much, freedom or, or ability to actually put my ideas into practice I could have with someone else. But he, he's given me a lot of, a lot of opportunity and I've delivered, I've, sh I've shown him that I do know a couple things about what I'm talking about. So. Yeah. But have you, how is that the management gone? Like, do you guys uh, meet as a team? Is it, you know, is it, um, is it at the level where you're looking at company goals and by quarter, by year, um, you know? Yeah. So maybe talk about that. Cause it, it sounds like he's obviously, you know, um, been running this company and he, it's really for him. It's all been, about, it's been about the jobs and tile and getting product and probably getting jobs done. And, and then you obviously brought in all the finance side and maybe some operational components to that and so now as you get together what's what's that look like just uh yeah, yeah. it's uh it's been really neat um i think so we tend to meet we have we have john as our president um, yeah. and he oversees everything like some the operational items the budget things like that but because he's been a tile setter he is best used managing some of the projects and managing the employees who manage the projects and just overseeing that the actual tile work is getting done right. And then I tend to focus more on acquiring new work, job acquisitions, um, getting good relationships with general contractors so that they'll reach out to me instead of just doing a public bid and saying, tile company A, B, and C, get me a proposal. I've, I've gotten to know them and shown them how well we are to work with so that now I'll have some of these general contractors just call me and say, Hey, I need a number for this office building. 
give me the number and it's yours and and I don't have to be as um, aggressive with my pricing because it's it's basically ours from the beginning. Uh-huh. So I tend to focus on those relationships and then we have another uh, employee who who is in management who's really crucial to what we do also. His name is Mario and Mario oversees all of our employees. So everything about showing up to the job site, knowing what tile to do where Mario runs all of our jobs and, and oversees our employees, coordinates with them, their schedule. And Mario was a setter as well. Um, and he just showed a great amount of responsibility and quality in what he was doing. And so we moved him up into a position to where he, he works directly hand in hand with all of our setters and our helpers. And really without, without Mario, we would have a hard time getting any work actually done. He, he's a huge help to us. Without me, we would have a hard time getting new work. We, at least it would be not as efficient as it is. John is fully capable of getting work and seeing it done because he did it so long without me. It's not like I'm the lifeblood or anything like that. But because I've came on and freed up a lot of John's time and, and his responsibilities, it's allowed uh, him to be able to focus on his areas more and really grow in, on the things that he needs to do day to day. And I can worry about some of the operational sides. And then we have Mario also, who's coordinating all the details and making sure from day one, start of that job to the end, it's done and it's done right. And it's done efficiently in our budget. So that's kind of our management structure and it works, it works really well. Yeah. How about your, like your systems? How have they kept up with even the growth or even the future growth? You know, you've got, obviously you've got an estimating component you've got some you know costing and you know comparing budget to actual you've got your kind of high-end financials you also have i you know your management of your team i guess time and who's going to do what and scheduling what what's that all look like is it yeah so my my first job that i did for john when he brought me on i was really handling a lot of and I, I started taking on payroll, HR duties. I started to take on some of just the, like the day-to-day requirements that soak up a lot of his time. So my, my job was really basically an office manager when I started. And I, I would tell John, hey, I need, like, I see you spending six hours on Friday just to get payroll together. That's mine now. I'm going to do payroll. Like, you no longer have to worry about it. And I took it over and I changed how we did it from checks to direct deposits. And, and I, I put in a lot of different things in place. And eventually that job, as I started, got to be too much for me to handle. So we had to, basically, as we grow, we have to have enough like structures in place to hold up that growth. And so I we hired um, a gal to help us with kind of more of the HR and payroll duties that I was doing. And I decided to really try more to understand the estimating process. We had a, a gentleman who worked for a general contractor who freelanced and helped us with our estimating, but he cost three times the hourly cost that I did. And so I came to John and I said, hey, listen, we're going to hire this gal. She's going to take a lot of my HR and payroll things that I'm doing so that I now have enough time to take on this estimating beast because then I can take care of getting us new work at a third the cost we're paying right now. And so I dove into learning that and eventually Stephanie's work, the the gal that was working for us, 
she she got to have too much to handle for just her. So she she ended up having two different assistants um, that she hired to help her with the duties that I had had her do. And then my estimating and the other operational duties I was doing got to be too much still. So I hired another one. So basically my first job turned into five people's jobs. And that's it's that's how that's how I've found us to be successful is to make sure as we are growing and getting bigger, we have the structure in place with these other assistants and employees that can help our time be used the right way, like to work smarter and not just work harder. Yeah, no, that, that sounds that sounds like that's what most companies probably do. And well, the good ones, right? So there are some people who try to maintain everything and I think uh, you know they they can't grow and to be able to scale like you guys are already doing. Um, it sounds like you had you had to do that. Um, yeah. What do you see as next step steps in your scaling you, the, the growth of the company? New products, new new um, industry, you know, places to sell, um, things like that. Where, where, where do you see that happening? Yeah, I have a few things. So. Before I before I came to John Capital Tile, John Capital Tile was installing tile and like roof deck pavers, so that that was their all that they were doing. When I came on, I had experience um, not for a professional company, but installing vinyl flooring. I had done that a few times, and I knew how to do it. So I approached our owner and I said, "Hey, when I get these invites to bid these jobs, there's tile on them." But there's also, you know, LVT, LVP, uh, vinyl tile, carpet tile. There's these other things. We could we could be getting numbers for all of the flooring instead of just for the tile, and that that is going to make us more appealing to a general contractor because naturally a general contractor wants to have the least amount of subs as possible. That's safe to have because it makes their life easier, uh-huh. and they generally prefer to have if they can. Uh, one company handling all of the flooring rather than one doing the carpet tile, one doing the vinyl tile, one doing the tile tile, the porcelain tile. And so I had to then learn how to estimate and properly figure out how to cost the job for those two. But what it allowed us to do is by now we, we bid all flooring, all flooring, and we've, we've done thousands, thousands of square feet, maybe hundreds of thousands of square feet of these different products, the vinyl, the carpet, and we've gotten guys that are, that have had 20 to 30 years doing vinyl and carpet um, that work for us now so that we can just overall handle a bigger scope and have more opportunity to, to make more of our margin and our profit off of not just the tile, but all the flooring scopes now. So that's been a huge way we've added more. That's what is part of our plan now, um, especially when if we have a job where you do tile in the bathrooms and then the whole office building has a vinyl on, on the flooring, we make a significant amount more of profit on vinyl carpet tile, some of these than we do on the tile, and it's easier to install. So it's lower on labor. We make more of our margin off of those other items. It's just allowed us to kind of have more skin in the game and get more competitive and more appealing to these other contractors. So as far as what else is on the horizon for us. The main thing is just getting good relationships with our general contractors. Like I mentioned earlier, we want, if possible, to have negotiated work with our generals and not just open market bids all the time. We we really like having a good relationship with our general contractors so that 
they they know, oh, who's covering the flooring on this? Oh, it's John Capital Tile. Yeah. Make sure you get a number from John Capital Tile and and that's all you gotta do. And and that's our really our main goal is repeat jobs with the same yeah. general contractors that we like and that tend to be good partners to work with. Yeah, it sounds like a name change right now, right? Joan Caffel flooring, right? I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> there's, there's a whole yeah. market opportunity right there. Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the so talk about uh, talk about systems from a um, who's man, who's looking at like budget versus actual. I assume you're doing this. We talked earlier in QuickBooks, right? Um, mm -hmm. Do you have other? types of software that you're using, even on the estimating side, um, things like yeah. that. Yeah. So we have, we have QuickBooks. We're actually in the process of changing from QuickBooks to an, another software called Foundation. And Foundation is more specific for construction companies. Okay. So makes it a little bit easier to, to do our billing and to track our progress and our profitability because it's a software that's more construction specific. Uh -huh. But we use a company called PlanSwift for our estimating. It's how we can put our blueprints on and measure out all of our quantities accurately. Um, okay. And well. yeah, but we're expecting a, a lot of improvements on our, our processes with foundation in place. It's just more uh, specific. Qu QuickBooks is great, and we've had a good experience with QuickBooks. Um, but with us being kind of more of a trade company, we expect it's going to help us a lot to have this, yeah. this software that we can use. Um, but I, I'm involved and John is involved as well with uh, like job costing and tracking our, tracking our budgets versus our actuals. So we all meet fairly regularly, regularly to look at progress reports on our, on our job sites, where we're at, what we had budgeted at this point, we anticipated to have paid X, Y, and Z for materials and labor where we actually, and so we meet frequently to look at our jobs like that and to just check where are we, where do we need to be or what can we do to make it better and to, to trim down those actuals as much as possible. Do you, do you, do you, um, do the workers track their time on something and you, the, the, the labor, is there a, an app you guys use or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We use, so T-Sheets, oh. it, it fits with, in fact, it was a separate company, but QuickBooks bought it. So yeah. that's one of the things I put in place when I took over payroll was I, I got us all company phones for every employee and then signed us up for T-Sheets so that when an employee walks onto the job site, they pull out their phone on their app, clock in. And actually it, it's, it was really effective because it, I can set it so they have, they have to have their location on their phone on. So we can see if they're clocked in, if they're on the job site, or are they clocking in when they're at home and, and driving to the job site is on the clock. So it, it's helped us with some of those operational things that we kind of have to know. Before, before we came along, John had boxes he would put on the job sites with a little bob that the employees would click. Ah. And, and it, it worked but it was a lot of work when you have to do payroll because you have to drive to each and every one of those boxes and take the information off and bring it home and assemble all your payroll. So this, this has made a huge difference in saving us time. And it, it's, it's been great to use T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it sounds great. Cause even just to scale and do more jobs and add more people have to drive around 
picking up those boxes. God, I could, yeah. Yeah, it, it just was taking too much time. So I'm, that's one of the things when I talk about how John's let me take the reins and he's put a lot of trust in me. That's one of the things that specifically I can think of where I, I just said to him, John, we can do this different and we can do it more effective. And yeah. he said, well, I know you know what you're talking about. I trust you. Set it up, do it and show me how it's working. And, and I did. And that was one that he was just shocked to see that his Friday every week was driving to these sites and collecting the time and going through his text messages for employees who forgot to clock in and typing in their time. So he, he would spend six to seven hours on payroll on every Friday. And I turned it into where we could do payroll in about 30 minutes. So I'm, I'm amazed that you um, coming out of a kind of a finance background, you've been able to do a lot of this operational you know, changes to, to really help grow the company. Um, the, the, I mean, yeah. how, how, what do you, what do you do for like professional development and kind of learning this type of stuff? Um, I think it really just comes from, I'm, I'm really passionate about learning things and that's a huge strength. I have, it's how I've always been. I love to learn things, which is ironic because I went to a few years at BYU, but I didn't even graduate. So I like to learn, but I guess the whole formal structure of learning is what's a little bit harder for me. Um, but I like to learn. Like I, I taught myself Spanish. That's another example. So I went and got a few books in Spanish and a Spanish to English dictionary. And I just, I read through the books and I would write down words I didn't know. And every chance I could talk to someone in Spanish, I would, and it was embarrassing because you could tell they were like, who is this guy? And why is he trying to speak to me in Spanish? But it, uh, I, I really, I taught myself Spanish from scratch. And uh, it, so that's just how I am. I like to learn things. I like seeing things that I can learn and, and then master. And it just makes me feel good to know that I've been able to grasp a concept or a principle or a language or this or that. And I've been able to understand it and show I understand it by how I use it. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's how awesome. I, and I, I'm the same way with instruments. I, I, uh, every instrument that I play, guitar, bass, guitar, ukulele, I, I've taught myself those instruments. It's just something I'm passionate about. And so I, I, uh, list, I checked out your, your son's band, by the way. They were awesome. really good. So that was a good, good recommendation on your part. Free rock trio. There's a plug for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Up, you know, it takes time to build a following, but they'll do it's not to not to make it about them, but yeah, it's 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 great watching my son and my nephews in the band kind of just go out there and do it. And yeah, they, they deserve any of your listeners should check them out. They deserve a listen. They're good. They're really entertaining to listen to. All right. Well, well thanks for bringing that up. I, I never plugged my son's band, but Free Rock Trio, if you ever see it on YouTube or here, uh, look it up. It's worth the time. Thanks. Um, so as far as um, we're talking about workers, I just I want to stick about it a little while ago when you, we were talking about kind of the t time, the T-sheets and our QuickBooks time, I think it's called now. Um, what's the, everybody's having a worker shortage. Where are you finding them? Or do you have like this core group that the company's had for years and you've kind of added, a, you know, newer people, but I'm just curious what that's like, just even finding good, good floor workers yeah yeah we've had our own struggles with that too we do have a core group of workers that have been with us for a long time even some most of them longer than i've been here and our goal is it's such an employee market right now employees can 
basically pick and choose where they want to go. And if they're not paid enough, they'll go find somewhere else that will pay them enough. So we've, we've had to deal with that shortage too. We try really hard to take care of our employees and to show them, hey, you're not just another uh, number to us. You're not just a person that gets us what we want. Like you matter to us individually. And we try really hard to, to show them that we value them um, with how we pay them, but also with anything else we can to help them feel like they value, they're valued so that they want to stay and help us uh, grow. So we try really hard to do that. We still have employee turnover. And even recently we had, we, we had some struggles on a job site where a tile that we installed ended up being faulty. So no, no issue on our part, it was installed right, but the tile itself had an error in its manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So we had to then go demo this tile out and reinstall a, a, a quality product instead which took a massive amount of workforce that we didn't have. So we rely a lot on our employees when we need more to help us find more employees. And we have an employee bonus program in place so that if they refer an employee, they get a bonus and the employee does. So really we've had a lot of success from our own guys saying, hey, I know someone who just moved here who's looking for a job. And it, that's been very effective for us too. But ultimately, we try to we try to make these guys feel like they're part of a family and part of a group that isn't just a nine to five, but people who care about them. And we found as as we have done that correctly, it does create loyalty and it creates employees who want to stay. But we even though even then we still have times where we need more guys. Yeah. Do do you have uh do you feel like there's a company culture that kind of is in place or do you work on that? You know, cause obviously it, do they go out in different teams mm-hmm. or, or is it like one to one job at a time? I assume there's a bunch of different jobs happening. Yeah, we, we usually have several different jobs going at once. Um, I believe we are on six job sites today. So we have six different crews or groups of people on job sites right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we do have a company culture. So we, we try to, we try to focus mostly on quality. Um, every company has different different priorities for us. We want we want John Capital Tile to be known as when you put us on a job site, the work gets done and it gets done right. And so we really focus hard on quality with our employees, um, and we try to have a culture of hey, we're going to reward you for doing quality work. Mm-hmm. So the, the time it takes our guys to install as well as the quality that they do is what they get rewarded for. And that's what we try to, you know, we want, we want, so John's grandpa started Apple Tile. We want to carry on his legacy so that when people think of tile and flooring, they think, oh, I want John Capital Tile there. Because we're not going to be, we're not the cheapest company. We have a lot of jobs where we'll bid work and we are underbid. And we know that because the amount of overhead and, and the additional costs that we have, we're not going to be the one that can always get in there the lowest. But we found that as we've shown companies that we're going to get in there and get it done right, um, there's frequently times where I, I get a call saying, hey, we're awarding you guys this contract. You weren't the low bid, but you were the second or the third lowest bid. And we want you guys to do it because we know it will get done right that's kind of the culture and construction right now, at least in Utah is whoever's the lowest bid gets the job and it, it causes problems. And as general contractors have had to 
do a bunch of change orders and increase contracts because the, the low bid that they picked didn't include a bunch of things that needs to be included. They, they're starting to realize, well, we can pick the low bid or we can pay a couple thousand dollars more for John Capital Tile to come in and do it right. And we're seeing a lot more of that. That's really kind of what we're aiming for in our culture is to show that we're going to do the work and we're going to get it done right. Okay, awesome. So if if cash wasn't a problem, cash flow, and, and you somebody walked in and said you have access to, I don't know, a million dollars of cash, yeah. what, what would you, as kind of this, the leader of helping grow this company, what would you do? What would you do if you had that? Where, where do you see? Yeah. Um, if I had a million dollars to do something, I would, I would take half of it and put it in a kind of a, a liquid, but a better savings structure, something. I don't know. There's things like, I can't, I can't refer. Okay. I have to be careful because with my licenses and I don't have them anymore, they've, they've last, I don't want to refer <laughs> products, but things like a market CD or something that's liquid or semi-liquid, I would put at least half of it there so that I can get some growth. Um, there, there's several different products that are, they have guaranteed minimum APRs um, that are liquid or, or able to be turned liquid if you pay a fee. So I would put at least half of it into something like that where we're going to start accruing interest and having that grow. I would pay off all of our vendors instantly. Anything we owed, I would pay for. And then I would really focus on getting some more employees. Um, so doing more marketing and things that I could get a few more quality employees. The hardest part right now is with employees being short, the quality ones are sticking where they're at. So it, it's a lot, all of the very, very skilled and good quality employees are being like cared for and, and are staying where they're at because nobody wants to lose them. So I, I would put some of that money into an operating account that we could plan on having our payroll be increased by offering more to some of our guys. There's a lot I would do. Um, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's interesting uh, question when someone poses I, I went through an experience uh like a training where someone said if i gave you fifty thousand, what would you do with it and you kind of like oh i'd hire somebody or whatever maybe do some marketing and they they went up and said all right hundred thousand. what would you do at one point they said if we gave you like i don't know five million mm -hmm. sure for me it made my head explode like what could i do with my business if i had five million dollars right i would you know, maybe acquire something or other firms or yeah. go into a different market. Or, like there was, so, it just makes your mind kind of um, explode a little bit on what yeah. you think you can do with it. And uh, I think it's helpful sometimes, even for growth and where you want to take a business. Um, yeah. Think like that. And really, well. with cash flow being our biggest beast, I would want I would want most of that to just be set aside somewhere where it can grow, so I can use it as I need to, it, it yeah. would, it'd be great, but it really is going to go into more of an emergency fund and then an operating account. So nothing too fancy, but yeah. Do you have to turn away business just because of your um, not enough staff workers staff? Yeah, sometimes we, we try really hard never to turn away business because I mean, the heart, one of the hardest things when you run a company is, getting getting income and, and figuring out how you're going to get your business we try really hard not to and there's there's been times where 
we've had all of our crews working actively on job sites with three other jobs that need crews on there that maybe we even have to tell ask our guys if they want overtime and they can work the weekend at. And then I've gotten a call saying, hey, we have this other tile company doing this school and they they are not meeting their deadlines. They're falling behind and their quality is really poor. Can is there any way you can get a crew over here to the school and supplement their their work and we'll pay you X, Y, and Z to come over and help us actually get this job caught up. That's an, a specific experience we actually had. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have crews available, but we were able to, I, I wanted to say yes, because I don't want to turn away an opportunity to show a contractor we've worked with that we're going to be the better choice to work with again. So we we made that happen. We had, it, it was a long story. We had some of our guys that were willing to work the weekend that we had finish a job on a weekend. And we came that next week and brought two crews over to this to this school. And we were able to catch them up and then get them done even sooner. And this general contractor that told us has now since given us four more jobs, large jobs, a couple of prisons and, and another school as well, because we show them, hey, we're going to do that. But there there's also been times where, yeah, we've had to turn down work or I've had to say, listen, yes, we might be able to get this, but you're needing this work done in the next two weeks. I don't want to say yes, because I already know it's going to be a struggle for us to get this done by two weeks from now. If you have anybody else that you can do it, I would check with them too, because we, I already know we're not going to be able to take that on. So that occasionally happens, but for the most part, John especially is a master of, uh, we call it chess moves is the term we use, making chess moves, shifting crews to different jobs and wiggling our schedule around so we can get more done. So at all, I try my hardest to never turn down a job. It has happened occasionally, but for the most part, with John's expertise and, and his wisdom that he has, we're able to take on work if it's needed. And uh, yeah, we try to never turn down jobs, but that happens. No, it sounds like you, the company is just poised to grow, especially with you helping, you know, with your with your uh, experience. And uh, <laughs> no, it sounds awesome. But so let's, I mean, enough about the company. Just tell me about you and where you're where you from where you went to school you taught you talked a little bit about school and kind of some passions i'd love to hear about yeah. you a little bit so i'm from tucson arizona um i grew up there and i plan to go to the university of arizona who is the best college in the united states i'll just throw <laughs> that out there but i plan to go there and i was i was offered a job at byu actually teaching um for the LDS church, the, the Mormons or the LDS church, they have missionaries they send out all across the country. And um, I, I was one of those. I went on an English mission. I served in Oregon. I wasn't Spanish speaking or anything. Um, but I So I had served a mission and I got offered a job to teach missionaries and to basically train them on what they need to know before they go out on their mission. I never considered living in Utah. Um, I, did, I don't like a lot of the like the LDS culture in Utah. I feel like everybody's or a lot of people are really stuck up and think that they're holier than everybody else because they're LDS. And for me, that's that's just that's not cool. I don't I don't think anybody should think that they're better than another person because of their religion or because of anything else. But so I, I was against living in Utah because I didn't want to be around that culture that we're better because we're Mormon. Um, but I I was offered that job and I thought, you know what, I'll just try it. I'm young. I 
I have no nothing to tie me down. So I came up to Utah. I did that job and I loved that job. That was an excellent experience teaching. And I, I'm really passionate about teaching also. Um, and then I just kind of put down roots here in Utah. And oddly enough, as I was here, my brother graduated from University of Arizona and was offered a position at an architecture firm here in Utah. So my brother and his family moved up to Utah. My sister moved to Utah and then my dad got a job up here in Utah too. So my whole family kind of followed me up here to Utah. So now we're based awesome. in Utah, but um, I like music. I mentioned that I've learned a few instruments, I'm really passionate about music. I've been to hundreds of concerts. That's all I really did in high school, fishing, which you can't, there's not many places. There are some places to fish in Arizona, but nothing like Utah. Yeah. So I love fishing. I love going out on the ice. I love going from a boat or from the shore on lakes and rivers. So fishing is kind of one of my larger passions and just having fun, relaxing. I'm pretty laid back. I, yeah. like to, I like to have a good relaxing time. I'm pretty introverted too. I'm not a... Uh, you wouldn't know that. I know. Well, yeah. working working in investments and in banking, you have to be able to present yourself as outgoing and talk, talk sociable. And so I, I had to learn how to do that because if I'm honest, I'm most comfortable when I'm at home with an audio book or with one, maybe two other close people. And it's it, that was that was another thing. That was my biggest fear growing up was talking to someone I didn't know. And so I I, I took that fear and decided instead of being afraid to talk to people I don't know, I'm going to learn to be really, really good at talking to people I don't know. I still am less comfortable on the inside, but I've learned how to not show it and how to how to talk to anyone now. But yeah. Well, yeah. great job. I mean, I only talked to you for about 10 or 15 minutes before this call. So uh, before this podcast. So kudos. It, yeah. on, on your music, as you mentioned, you love music. Can you and you you kind of picked up these instruments? Can you, can you actually read music or is it mostly just learning chords and learning how to play the, the music? So my mom was a piano teacher. When I was really young, I I was kind of a brat as a kid. So I didn't want to be taught something by my mom. I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do. I was I was such a turd, but um, she taught me how to read some music and got me started on the piano, but I didn't stick with it very long. So I can look at music and I can read. I can usually figure out what notes are what, but I can't, to play any of my music, I can't uh, read uh, any music I can read tabs but most of mine um, it's just by ear like I'll hear something and I'll figure out how to make it sound like what I'm doing no that's a, that's a talent so keep up with the music yeah. yeah if only I had the vocal part of that too that would be nice but <laughs> no one wants to hear me singing <laughs> oh come on give yourself some credit I'm sure you're a good singer uh, I can, I'm not going to ask you to sing anything. So <laughs> no, yeah, that's okay. I actually was in a group for a while where we did some of that screaming and singing, and so I can actually I can do the screaming part pretty good, but <laughs> that's not very popular, and no one's going to listen to that. Until I, I'm always wondering how they do it. It doesn't hurt their throat, you know. Some of these uh, screamers, I guess. Yeah, it has to come from down here. The pushing yeah. from down here instead of from here. But yeah. Cool. All right. So glad to have you on. Where can people find you? Yeah. Look up uh, johncappeltile.com. Okay. We have, we have a lot of our work up there, pictures of some of the things we've done. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn. So yep. on, on LinkedIn, I'm on there. 
And then um, and it's Nate Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, right? Exactly, okay. yep. Nate Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. Okay, so we got you on LinkedIn. We got your company website. Anything, anything else or that's good? That's that's usually the best way. My email is, you probably heard it ding eight or nine times as we've been talking. We're all busy um, these days, yeah. But email is the best way to get a hold of me. And, and so I'll make sure I get you my email too. Okay. Um, I just want to post that on there too. If anyone who wants to reach out, if they want questions of their flooring, or if they want ideas of, oh, hey, I have a flooring company and I live in Illinois, how did you learn how to estimate these other types? Like anything, I'm happy to help anybody. I've had a lot of help to get to where I'm at. And I really, it makes me feel good if I can help other people um, too. So if anyone wants to ask questions, I'm happy to, happy to help. Oh, thanks for the offer. I'm sure I'm hope, hoping people will listen and take you up on that. Um, yeah. you're, even doesn't even have to be um, another tile type company. I'm sure there are other trades out there. That are like, how do you estimate, you know, yeah. in general, do you have any, you know, what do you, what do you use for software? Like the, the, the one you mentioned earlier. So, um, you know, you'd be a great resource. I appreciate you yeah. offering that. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm happy to help. We do jobs in other states too. I'm not very much of a sales guy, so I'm not trying to push, Hey, you want your flooring done and you live in Texas, but yeah, we did a, we did an all-inclusive resort in Florida a few, a few months ago. We can do jobs all around, but ultimately I think my contact information is going to be the most helpful if people want to ask any questions and I'm happy to spend any time helping. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm, I want to thank you, Nate. I want to thank um, the audience, uh, our listeners, people are going to be on YouTube watching this. I encourage anyone that's listening or watching to, if you like it, please share. Um, hopefully you learned something. I, I did. It was awesome talking to you, Nate. Yeah, thanks. thanks again. And thanks everyone. And see you next time. And this has been another episode of Leaders Who Scale. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.